Welcome back to the Clutch Factor Sports Show. My name is Joseph Meyer. So glad to be with you again. Today we are reacting to week one of the NFL season, going over the biggest storylines and answering the question, is Aaron Rodgers purposely throwing the season? What a weekend it was. Let's get right into it. So as I'm sitting on my couch watching a full Sunday of NFL football, two screens with different games on each, red zone on another, I found myself feeling a very different vibe about this year. I don't know if you felt the same. I couldn't explain it at first, but I felt completely different than what I felt on Sundays forever. And I think I figured it out. First, it was the first Sunday in my lifetime that Philip Rivers and Drew Brees weren't playing. Growing up idolizing these guys, it felt so strange to not have red zone cut to a Brees to Kamara touchdown. And secondly, there are so many teams led by new quarterbacks. 14 teams started new quarterbacks that didn't start week one last year. All five rookie QBs scored, and the sophomore QBs looked stellar. We truly are in a new era of the NFL, and it's so exciting. So first we're going to go into a segment I call the finest five. These are the top five games that stood out to me this weekend. Number one is easily Cardinals versus Titans. I wasn't too high on either of these teams coming into the season, and I had this game as a toss-up. And I'm not going to overreact to one game, but the Cardinals are going to prove me entirely wrong this year. If Kyler keeps playing like that, he might just win MVP. The offense was so fun to watch, and the defense dominated the Titans. Titans look stale, and with a new offensive coordinator, they may need time to build it up. I expect Derrick Henry to bounce back next week, but this team did not look like a playoff team this week. I mean, it was just a complete dominating performance by the Cardinals, and I mean, we haven't seen that coming from them in a long time. They looked like a serious contender. Beating a playoff team from last year, it was awesome to watch. Kyler Murray is going to be a fan favorite this year. Number two was the Eagles versus the Falcons. Another bad look for my preseason predictions as my sleeper team looked completely asleep out there on the field. The Falcons got completely embarrassed. It's hard to tell if the Eagles are better than we thought or the Falcons are just flat-out horrible. Jalen Hurts is proving that he can be the future of this franchise. And I got to say, I was not a huge fan of the Nick Sirianni hire, but I got to give him his credit. He looked like a seasoned coach and a great leader out there on Sunday. His team really rallied around him and played a game that, in my opinion, they should have lost. And they dominated the Falcons. They did not let the Falcons score a touchdown, and they were flying all over the field. Devontae Smith is going to make a lot of teams look dumb for passing on him. Success in college at that level of play, three touchdowns in the national championship game, just dominating future NFL defenders, by the way, is almost always going to lead to success in the NFL. And I don't understand why some teams said, oh, he's, he's got a smaller frame, he's a smaller body. He's 6'1", guys. He's not a tiny guy. He is going to make those teams look very dumb for passing on him. Now, if the Falcons win less than eight games this year, Matt Ryan is going to surely be shipped out of town, and, and I think this team's going to rebuild. It's just so 
depressing to see them have all these weapons on the outside and a quarterback who can still throw the ball around just get completely shut down by a defense that honestly was not I wasn't super high on going into the year and it's possible that the Eagles defense is just very good but man the Falcons just looked so bad out there on Sunday and I really hope they can bounce back but another tough test again next week against the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers Arthur Smith has got to do a better job of utilizing his weapons Ridley and Kyle Pitts were held to 82 yards combined, which is completely pathetic. Both of those guys should be at least 100 yard a game, guys. I mean, it was com- it was it was ridiculous. I want to see the Falcons move the ball. We know their defense isn't going to be that good, but they need to be putting up 20, 30 points a game in order to stay in them. And it just didn't happen this week. Again, maybe it's just the Eagles. Jalen Hurts looks special out there. He looked like the future. I'm excited to see what the Eagles can do this year. I still don't think they win too many games, but it was definitely awesome to see them gelling this weekend. Number three, Browns versus Chiefs. I'm going to take a little bit of a different path when talking about this game. Even though everyone is hating on the Browns' performance this week, I was actually extremely impressed. The Browns played up to the Chiefs' standards, if not higher for the entire game. If you watch this game without any knowledge of these teams, with no knowledge of what they've done in the past, you would have said, wow, what a great comeback by the Chiefs. It's always great to see you know, the underdog win. The Browns seriously looked like the better team out there for most of the game, and that's concerning for the Chiefs. They do not want to face the Browns come playoff time, especially once the Browns' brand new defense learns their scheme Hats off to Kevin Stefanski for taking a Cleveland Browns team, a synonym for failure. The Browns are a synonym for failure and turning them into a serious Super Bowl contender. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. They are a serious Super Bowl contender this year. They should have beaten the Chiefs, and they probably will eventually. If the Browns can fix those minor mistakes, Chiefs fans, you need to be praying that somebody else knocks them out of the playoffs before you have to play them. Because if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm looking at that and going, wow, we got away with a win there. I do not want to face that Browns team again, especially in the playoffs where they could just simply knock us out and go on a run to the Super Bowl. Number four is Broncos versus Giants. The Broncos have been waiting for a quarterback that can simply just not lose them games. And I've said all offseason, this is a playoff roster. Drew Locke has been the problem. Bringing in Teddy Bridgewater was a great move. They might not be special this year. But it gives them a chance to compete and use their strengths to win games instead of their quarterback giving games away to other teams. Their offense looked very good against a solid Giants defense. They did lose Jerry Judy, and I don't know how long he's going to be out at this point. But Sutton wasn't utilized much, so he can fill that spot. Hopefully Judy can come back and both of them can really play off each other. And that defense, that Broncos defense looks elite and the return of Von Miller makes any football fan happy this Broncos team can have success if they don't give games away last year they were not getting beat they were beating themselves now the Giants they need to get that offense going quickly or Daniel Jones time in New York is going to run out there's not much to say they have the weapons they have a top 10 running back offensive line struggles but they have a good defense and so I don't need to see a playoff appearance from this them this year, but I need to see that offense rolling, and they need to bounce back quickly or else Daniel Jones is going to be a backup quarterback. Number five, I have the Vikings versus the Bengals. 
I have to wonder what was going through Justin Jefferson's head as he watched Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase connect for that beautiful touchdown. His old LSU pals living the life without him. Regardless, I still think Jefferson is the best player out of the three, but that remains to be seen. We'll see what happens this year. This was a traditional Vikings loss that shouldn't have happened, so there's not much to say about them. They get a minimum of five of these dumb losses every year. They just have to hope that they can keep it to five and not lose more than five. The real cause for concern was the defense. This defense got lit up by Burrow and Jamar Chase, and especially Joe Mixon. Even with a bad Bengals offensive line, the Vikings were not able to shut down the run game, and even when they did get to Joe Burrow, he just kind of escaped them and threw it downfield, exposing their weak, weak secondary. This Bengals team is going to be a fan favorite this year. It's so fun to watch with that underdog mentality. And that's what made LSU in 2019 so fun to watch and so special is because they really just embraced the fans. They had that underdog mentality even when they were the best team of their sport. I'm excited to see what the Bengals can do this year. So other than those five games, there is a lot of big storylines from week one that we're going to go over. Number one is the top rookies looked really solid. All five quarterbacks scored. All three rookie wide receivers scored. Rashawn Slater looked like a seasoned veteran going up against that vaunted Washington front. So a great performance from the rookies this week. I mean, this class already looking like one of the better classes in the last five, ten years. It's always awesome to see young talent playing alongside veterans and playing well. Number two is we need to stop overreacting as NFL fans. Yes, a lot of weird things happened this week, but it's important to remember Last year, week one, the Jaguars won their only game of the year. The Saints dominated the Bucks. The Ravens clobbered the Browns. And rarely do these storylines stay consistent all year. Those three storylines faded out by week two. With that, the Packers are just fine. Aaron Rodgers is going to play well. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to contend for a Super Bowl. Come back to me after week three if they're still not playing well. But as of now, they're fine. It's one game. The Eagles and the Texans are still going to be bad. They won week one. They showed a lot of fight, but they just don't have enough skill to win more than maybe five games. So, yes, they're still going to be bad teams, but I love to see the fight. The Bills are still going to be a better team than the Steelers. They should have won that game. Steelers came back and won. Congrats to them. If you think that the Steelers are going to have a better record at the end of the year than the Bills, come talk to me. I think you're wrong. And no, Urban Meyer is not going to hang it up and go to USC after one game. This is the most absurd storyline I saw. It's, oh, Jacksonville played so bad that Urban Meyer is going to say, you know, screw the NFL. I am going over to take the USC job. And I'm sitting here going, first of all, he retired from Ohio State, so I don't think he really wants to coach college again. He came to the NFL to coach Trevor Lawrence. That's the only reason he came out of retirement. And third, Guys, the Jaguars are going to be a bad team this year. We all know this. They're maybe max five wins, if not less. So we can't expect them to come out there and just, you know, dominate week one. Tyrod Taylor's a veteran quarterback. He knew how to expose that Jaguars defense. They're going to be fine. Trevor Lawrence is a great talent. But it's going to take some time. It's going to take a few years. You can't expect the Jaguars to come out with a rookie head coach, a rookie quarterback, and a lot of holes and say, Go out there and win games. It's not going to happen. That said, they will be fine. Urban Meyer is not going to USC after one game. Number three, AFC West and NFC West all won. They're both undefeated. And most of them looked very dominant doing so. 
and they beat some pretty good teams too. It would not be a stretch at this point to say that all four NFC teams make the playoffs. They all look just, their offenses all look amazing, and they all have pretty decent defenses as well. Um, in the AFC West, the Chiefs still own the division, obviously, but everyone's catching up. The Broncos look great. The Raiders looked incredible, and the Chargers are catching up. All eight of these Western teams are fun to watch, and I would go as far as to bet that the Super Bowl champion is one of these eight teams. Might be a stretch, but I would take a bet on that. For the Rams, Matthew Stafford looked awesome in that Rams uniform, and he fit right in. In. He looked so comfortable throwing the ball around out there, and I'm excited for him. He's finally in a position where the coach says, hey, you're going to lead this team, we're going to put the pieces around you, and we're going to let you do what you do best. Justin Herbert put on an absolute show. He looked poised, he looked patient all game. That offensive line looks improved, and they were able to stifle the Washington defense and get out with a win. The Seahawks are once again in a regular season giant. They move the ball with ease. They throw the ball all over the field. We see this every year. The real question is, what will they do come playoff time? Number four, Dak is back, and Brady is, well, Brady is Brady. He might be at the top of his game. In one of the best opening games in recent memory, Dak Prescott returned to his pre-injury self and balled out. Now, he looked a little skittish on the leg at times when he was rolling out, but man, this guy played well. And I really think now at this point, the Cowboys are the frontrunners in the division. That offense looked dynamic, and the defense actually played a lot better than I expected them to. They have a ton of weapons. The offensive line has some injuries and a little bit of concern there. But actually, Zeke blocked well. Although he did not run well, he blocked incredibly well. Tom Brady does not age, and you can't convince me that he does. It doesn't surprise me anymore. He just played like his old self, and he just looks unstoppable at this point. It would not surprise me if he plays till he's 50. The Bucks' secondary got exposed quite a bit. However, they were down some pieces and a super tough injury uh, to Sean Murphy bunting. That was tough to see. They're probably going to have some issues in the secondary, but I think the rest of the defense is good enough to overcome that. The Bucks managed to win even with four turnovers, which really shows you how great of a team they are. Normally, no team can win if they give the ball away four times and don't take it away four times, and they still managed to do so. They're back, they're ready to go, and they're looking for another Super Bowl. Number five is Lamar Jackson continues to get hated on, and I just don't understand it. He was under pressure all night. Every single snap, he was rushing. He was running away from defenders. He managed to put his team on his back with no running backs and nearly get them the win. Lamar is not the Ravens' problem. They're going to have many, but he is not it. He is single-handedly keeping this team in games. And he's a, he is a crazy talent. Anyone who denies this is just flat out wrong. Now I'm going to give my top 10 teams after week one with a little bit of a, an explanation why. These are teams that I like the potential of. It's not only just right now. I'm not going to have the Saints as a better team than the Packers just because they beat them. However, I will drop the Packers because of their loss to the Saints. So this is not only just right now, but also what's your potential? What are you going to do this year? What chance do you have to make the Super Bowl? Coming in at number 10, I have the Packers. Um, they've dropped significantly after that loss, but I think they're going to be fine. Number 9, I have the Ravens. I actually had them higher before the season, but again, this team is going to be fine. Lamar Jackson is a great player. They have a good defense. One loss to the Raiders is not going to hinder them too much. 
Number eight, I have the Chargers. They looked special against the Washington defense and look for them to continue to grow as their new coaching staff kind of settles in and starts working with their players more. Number seven, I have the Cardinals, a huge jump for them. They looked absolutely special against the Titans. Number six, I have the Bills. They took a tough loss to the Steelers, but it's week one. They're still going to be a very good team, and honestly, they should have won that game. Steelers kind of lucked out by winning it. Number five of the Browns, they looked great against the Chiefs, should have won that game. They're a top five team, in my opinion. Seahawks, their offense is dynamic. We'll see about the defense, but Russell Wilson is good enough to keep the Seahawks team as easily a top 10 team. Number three, I have the Rams. No surprise here. They looked amazing. Two, I have the Chiefs. Obviously, they're back. They looked decent against the Browns, but they ended up with the win. They're at number two. And number one, the Buccaneers. This hasn't changed. They won the Super Bowl. They won against a decent Cowboys team. Tom Brady's back. They have all their weapons back. They're the number one team in the NFL right now. Lastly, I have my clutch factor player of the week. These are players that played their best when it counted the most. They either won the game for their team or they stopped the other team from winning it. Um, I have a few runners up. First runner up is Justin Herbert. He led his team down the field, held onto the ball for the last seven minutes of the fourth quarter, and was able to get out with a win against Washington. Uh, number two, Evan McPherson for kicking the 33-yarder to beat the Vikings in overtime. And then third, I have Ryan Suckup for kicking the game winner to beat the Cowboys. But my clutch factor player of the week is Derek Carr by a long shot. He kept hope in his squad after throwing a crazy pick on the goal line in OT. He sits on the sideline. He wills it into existence. He stares it down and comes back throwing a dime under pressure to Zay Jones for the walk-off win in that brand new stadium. Looked incredible. I'm so excited for Derek Carr. So happy for what he can do. He is the clutch factor player of the week. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. That was my week one reaction show. We'll be back later this week for the week two predictions. We'll see you then.